This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. That's what became because of this great cosmic conflict. And the scriptures teach us that somewhere in eternity past, there was a great uprising of one of the archangels called Lucifer, and he deceived one-third of the angels and rebelled against God Almighty. And, of course, there was a great cosmic conflict that, that came about because of that and chaos ensued because of that and then in Genesis we read where God put that back in order because it said he separated some things the land from the water and and the Holy Spirit hovered over it and God spoke things back into order amen you know people are always you know everybody is it's it's amazing to me people uh you know will get into all go to all kind of lengths and even get all upset with one another over the age of the earth what difference does it matter? Somebody gets all uptight about that. You know, but personally, this again, this is my opinion from the Scriptures, I believe that there was eternity past as well as eternity future. And eternity past goes way beyond Adam. Amen? Sure it does. So I said, what about all the dinosaurs and everything? Well, what about them? Well, were they in the Garden of Eden? Certainly not. They were way before then. And they, in the world, in the age that was before then. So there was a great cosmic conflict. And out of that, there was an enemy that set himself up, opposed to God. And then when we see in Genesis, after the restoration of uh, God's uh, created universe, and he, he, he puts earth back into order again, and he creates a brand new creation called mankind that is in the image of God. And we know the story that this, this ancient enemy of God became the enemy of mankind as well. We know him as Satan, but his name originally was Lucifer. And he came into, <clears throat> pardon me, he came into the garden, and there he deceived the woman, and the man followed willingly. I don't have time to read the scriptures over there. Sorry about that, guys, but you know, I'm bound to tell the truth. So, you know, it wasn't just her, we were in on it too. But the bottom line is this we have an enemy. He's the enemy of God and the enemy of God's man. When I say man, I mean mankind, man and woman, made in the image of God. He is the enemy of all that God has created. He is the enemy of all of the plans of God, all of the purposes of God. And it is His design and His intent. He thinks about it day and night. He does not sleep. He is working feverishly to thwart the plans of God and the purposes of God in a broad sense and also in specific sense in your life. And so we want to look at the Scriptures and we want to uncover this cosmic enemy, this cosmic conflict, because, you know, it's not the Marvel Universe. It's something bigger. It's something greater. And it's something real. Amen? And we already have somebody 
who is the ultimate superhero, if you will. His name is Jesus. <laughs> he went single-handedly into the domain of Satan, and he stripped and laid him bare. He arose from the dead, and he had the keys of authority in his hand, and he lives forevermore. Boy, I'll tell you what, I wish some producer would really get a hold of the true gospel story and really put it out there big time. To do it justice, wouldn't that be something? This day and age with uh, computers and, and, and CGI and all that, it'd be awesome. Thaddeus, man, maybe God wants you to do that. Now listen, why don't we have some Christian producers? Why not? And tell the gospel story in a way that relates to our generation. People will look to Captain America. I want people to look to the captain of our salvation. I grew up on that stuff, you know. But here's the thing. In the heart of man, he's looking for a Savior. He's looking for someone that's bigger than him, that's above all this stuff, that beats us down and tries to pull us down. Something in the heart of mankind is looking for eternity. So in John 10, 10, Jesus is speaking here, and we want to uncover our enemy. This is what we're talking about today, to know our enemy, to uncover him. And Jesus gives us a great insight here. John 10, 10, he says, the thief, he's referring to this ancient enemy, Satan, Lucifer. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. If you want to know if the enemy is attacking you and working against you or your family or our nation, just look and see, does it steal? Does it kill? Does it destroy? Then it's the thief. There's no reason for us to, to wonder if God's doing this or if the devil's doing this or I don't know, maybe God's trying to teach me something. Well, there's no question God's trying to teach you. But he's not trying to teach you by hitting you over the head with a ball-peen hammer. You know, if... Uh, if a parent did what we accuse God of doing to his children, if a parent in the natural did that, we'd put them in jail. Wouldn't we? Something's not right there, is it? On the one hand, we say, well, you know, God's, you know, God's putting that disease on you to teach you something. Well, what would you think if you read in the news where a parent purposely exposed all their children to smallpox? And then their defense was, well, I was trying to teach them something. See how silly that is? We need to uncover. See, the enemy, he tries to hide. He hides in deception. He hides in lies. He hides in accusation. And he, see, he, he's called the God of this world, and he hides in darkness. He wants to hide. He wants to do all this without you knowing it's him that's doing it. So if he can convince you that what he's doing is really God, he's got you. Because you, who's going to fight God? Who can fight God? Jesus said, but I, speaking of himself, have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So when you see something that's blessing, that's bringing peace, that's bringing wholeness, that's bringing forgiveness, that's bringing restoration, all of those good things, bringing prosperity and blessing, that's, what, that's, that's God. Get it straight. 
We have too much friendly fire that's taking out people. Listen, we're not, our, our fight, Paul said, is not against flesh and blood, is it? I'm not fighting the Democrats or the Republicans or anybody in between. We get all caught up in this stuff. Listen, and I just know the enemy's just laughing at us, getting us to fight one another instead of fighting our real enemy. Amen? I want to, listen, I don't want to be caught fighting flesh and blood. I want to fight using the weapons that God's given us against our true enemy. Amen? He's, he's come. Satan's intent and the fruit of his work is what Jesus said. It's stealing or killing or destroying. If it steals your peace, that's the enemy. If it's destroying your health, that's the enemy. If it's destroying a relationship, if it's killing it, that's the enemy. And you need to recognize it. Because, you know, how can you successfully wage a war until we know, okay, whose side I'm on and who's opposing me? Isn't that right? I mean, that's the reason in the military you have a uniform, don't you? Una, I mean unified. You know, they're on, even if you don't know that person personally, you look at their uniform and you know, hey, okay, that's one of the good guys. Isn't that right? Well, we have been clothed in the armor of God and in the righteous robes of Jesus, and we no longer know one another after the flesh. We have a uniform. And I'm not going to shoot my brothers and sisters just because they disagree with me. Big, what the big deal? Oh, my gosh. I do something left-handed, you do something right-handed, and we're going to get all uptight about it. It's just that silly. I part my hair if I had any on the left, and you part yours on the right, and we get all upset about it. <laughs> all that stuff's going to pass away. Let's look at some of Satan's devices. In 2 Corinthians, turn over there real quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Well, today, we just want to, to, to expose the enemy. We want to know our enemy in this cosmic conflict. 2 Corinthians 2 Verse 11, Paul is speaking here. He says, he says, well, we'll back up. He said, in verse 10, he said, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven it in the sight of Christ for your sake. Why? In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. God does not want you and I to be unaware of Satan's schemes. How does he operate? How does he work? Well, Paul gives us one big idea and insight right here in this area of uh, offenses and forgiveness. The enemy works, Satan works at building fences through offenses. Are you listening? He wants to build a fence, a wall between you and a brother or a sister, between a husband and a wife, between a parent and a child, between a Democrat and a Republican. I'm not getting political. I'm just trying to be real. But one of the ways that Paul talks here, he says, when there needs, when there is an offense... Guess who's behind it? The enemy is ultimately behind it. Yes, he uses people. 
Sometimes he uses you. Sometimes he uses me. I, I don't like to admit it. But when I react the wrong way, when I react and it ain't a Jesus way, hello. <laughs> so we need to be aware of that, that one of the big ways he tries to, to work and he wants to drive a wedge in relationships between us and God. Remember when he came and the first thing he did to drive a wedge between Adam and Eve with God was what? was to get them to believe that somehow God didn't have their best interest at mind. That He really was withholding something they really needed. That He really wasn't a good God. He was a selfish God. Boy, does He still try to do that now? He tries to tell us that God is a judge and God is mad at you and God's out to get you and God don't like you. Come on. I know He does because He tries to tell me that. So he says there, but not only through offenses, but lies, deception, and accusation. It's what he does. The enemy wants to oppress you. The Bible says in Acts 10.38 that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. I love this verse because it's a synopsis of all the players in this cosmic conflict. How God, the Father, the Creator, anointed Jesus, the Son, the Savior, with the Holy Spirit, who is the power of God and our helper, who went about doing good. What was the good he was doing? Healing people who were oppressed. Who oppressed them? The devil. So you got all the players, and their roles are all defined in that one verse. And the enemy wants to oppress you. He wants to oppress you with condemnation, with guilt, with insecurity, with fears, with all kind of things. He wants to get you caught up in arguing about things that really don't matter. I mean, sometimes when you're, you're tempted to get all uptight, think about, will this matter in a hundred years? It really won't matter. It's really not that important. And we need to bring things in perspective. That doesn't mean we don't have to deal with things in the natural. I know that we do. But we need to keep it our perspective there right, don't we? And we need to recognize when the enemy, his devices, when he's working to divide us or to oppress us. Sickness and disease come from the fall and the enemy uses it to oppress people. Can you imagine the resources the human resources, the physical resources, the monetary resources that would be available in this world if there were no sickness. The billions upon billions of dollars that are spent, the billions upon billions of hours of productivity that are lost because of sickness and disease. And you want to tell me that that's Father God. You better know it's not. Don't let the enemy deceive you. He wants to accuse, and he'll accuse you, and then he'll accuse others to you. Somebody will do something that's innocent, and and the thought will hit you. You know, they did that because they don't really like you. 
they sit in the third row instead of sitting by you because they don't really like you. <laughs> I mean, something just as innocent. I mean, it can be, you know. That's how he works. He wants to build a fence. He wants to oppress. He wants to condemn you. And listen, we need to recognize when the enemy's at work. Amen. In our lives and families or in our church. And you know what? Here's the thing. He loves to use people to propagate his junk. Why does the Bible talk so much about gossip? Gossip begins with the enemy. You know, I've never heard any gossip about, boy, they're the greatest people in the world. You ever, Man, I'm telling you, they're just the best. They're awesome. They're no, gossip's like, did you hear about what? They said that she said that she heard that he did that somebody thought. <laughs> That's usually about the way it is, and it's about fifth hand if we, by the time it gets to us. And the Bible says love covers what? A multitude of that, doesn't it? We're talking about the enemy and how he likes to work in his devices. Lies, deception, accusation, and ultimately division. Jesus said, every house divided against itself shall what? That includes God's house. Because he said every house. Well, you don't, you don't think the enemy, Satan, is aware of that? So what does he try to do? He tries to divide your house. What? He tries to set the husband against the wife and the wife against the husband and the kids against the parents and the parents against the kids and, you know, and, and the deacons against the pastor and blah, 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 doesn't he? The blacks against the whites, the whites against the blacks. Come on. It's the enemy. Is it if I speak plain? the silliest thing i mean you think about it if you if you just bring prejudice out in the open and look at it it's it's the silliest most superficial idiotic thing in the world it just don't make any sense that's how you know it's the devil <laughs> isn't it true how thick is our skin is, is anybody in here about it's very thin isn't it it got I me mean, once you get past the skin, you know what? Everybody's the same. Blood is blood. Muscle is muscle. Tissue is tissue. Heart is a heart. Isn't that right? A lung is a lung. You look at a, can't look at a heart and tell, I don't know. It's silly. It's the enemy. And we need to stand up and recognize it. Not be trying to fight it after the flesh, uh, but also we want to what? We want to fight it after the spirit. Satan, now we're talking about exposing our enemy. So we're looking at, and we're going to unpack these things some more. Satan is defeated. Turn over to Colossians 1. Listen to this. He's defeated. Colossians 1. There's a, many scriptures. We're just, I just picked this one out. There, you know, if, you read, if you read the epistles in the New Testament, it's all about, the whole treatise is about how Jesus has defeated the arch enemy of God and of mankind and has delivered us from his dominion and brought us into the dominion of his son. That's, that's, the, that's the gospel in a nutshell. 
Colossians 1, let's just, we're just going to pick up at verse 13. This is Jesus he's speaking about. For he, Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So Satan has been defeated, utterly defeated, and we have been rescued from his dominion. Now, when this was written, you know, Rome was the power, in the, the, the main power in the earth, especially in the West. There was the emperor, and he had a dominion. And wherever uh, his armies were, wherever his influence and power was extended, that was the emperor of Rome, the Caesars, that was his dominion. And what he said went. And he controlled it. He controlled their lives. He controlled who lived and who died. All of those things. And that's the same way with Satan. It says that he was the God of this world. And when Adam and Eve sinned and we all followed in like manner in sin, we came under his dominion. And he determined what our life would be. He would push us down, beat us down, kill, steal, destroy. That's what he wants to do. But we who are believers, he's delivered you, past tense, has delivered you from Satan's dominion. Satan has no rights over you. He has no say. Even if you sin, he has no say. You belong to God. You're under a new dominion. You're under the new rule and reign of King Jesus. And what is this rule and reign about? That you might have life and have it more abundantly. Love, joy, peace, goodness, mercy, joy, blessing. The head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. This is the new dominion that we are in and we're to live in. However, Satan is still acting like an outlaw. You know, any thief who has ever stolen something, he had no right to do that. Isn't that true? However, do we know that there's still people who will break and enter in the natural, don't we? Even though it's illegal. That's why we have policemen, isn't it? <laughs> but here's the thing. Listen, you and I, we're delivered from the kingdom of darkness. We're in this brand new kingdom, but we still have an outlaw enemy. Satan and those who follow him are still out to illegally invade your life, your family, your property, our church, if we let him. And in our nation, if we let him. In our political system, if we let him. In our school system, if we let him. I tell you, we point a finger at Washington. They probably need a few pointed at them. But I'll tell you this. The church is the real power in the world. And if we don't like things, we better look at ourselves while we're pointing at the politicians. We better look at ourselves real good too. 
And that means from the pastor on down, I'm talking about. Isn't that right? I'm trying. <laughs> so the Bible tells us that, that Jesus has defeated him. You can read more in Colossians there in chapter 2. It talks about he's disarmed him. He's defeated him. But he still goes about, Peter said, he's going about like a roaring lion, looking for those he can devour. Amen? But, let me tell you this, his power is limited. God's power is unlimited. Satan's power is limited. Let me read you a couple of scriptures here. We're going we're gonna to pray and close here in just a minute. Look in Ephesians 1.22 real quickly. So it talks about, well, we'll back up to verse 20 real quickly. He exerted, talking about the power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. And God has placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over all things, for everything, over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So the enemy is under Jesus' feet. Isn't that right? And we are his body. So I don't care if you're the little toe, the devil is under the feet. Well, I'm not much, I'm not big, I'm not important. Well, not many of us are, but we're in him. And so if we're in him, that means what? The devil's under our feet. He's under our feet. Amen. We've been given a name that's above every name. Now, real quickly, 1 Corinthians 10. God's power is unlimited. Jesus' defeat of the enemy is absolute. We just read that. He's under the feet of Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, notice what he says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Notice what he says. He says, uh, well, let's back at verse 12. So if, so, if you can think, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. It is limited to what is common to mankind. The enemy's devices, his accusations, his attacks are limited to what is common to mankind. He's not going to, he can't pull some kind of Superman trick on you. He uses lies. He uses deception. He uses accusation. He uses those things to divide. That's what he's about. But the Bible says there's nothing there. He said, but God is faithful. Everybody say that. (laughs) Who will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he also provide a way out of it. God provides a way out of it. Whatever the enemy is bringing against you today, I got good news for you. God has provided a way out of it. A way of escape. 
He doesn't want you to stay captive to the enemy. He doesn't want to stay under the oppression of the enemy. He, through His Son Jesus and the victory at Calvary and His resurrection, has provided a way of escape for you. But now if you just roll over, well, you know, whatever God wants. Well, if you really mean that, then get in the Bible and find out what God really does want for you. You might be surprised. It's not to steal, to kill, and destroy your family, your marriage, your finances, your health. He's not out for any of that. So if you really mean, I only want what God wants, then you ought to put up one heck of a fight. I'm talking about a spiritual fight, and we'll talk about that as we unpack this, about the spiritual weapons and about the theater of warfare. Because one of the tricks of the enemy, he tries tries to get us to fight one another. Now, let me give you some action steps here real quickly, and then we're going to pray. I would encourage you, take an inventory of your life based on the template of John 10.10. Remember what Jesus said? He said, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. So I would put a, just put a heading, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But over here. And then put over here, Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And then just list the things that's going on in your life and see which heading they belong under. And then when you look over here on this column, see, we're talking about balancing your account. (laughs) So if you look over here and say, man, I'm telling you, I don't have peace. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about my kids. My kids are got all that's going on. That put it out under that column. Because see, that tells you where you need to fight. Because, see, the enemy will get you over here, you know. If my car breaks down, I don't take it to the neurosurgeon. And if I'm having neurological problems, I'm not going to go to the shade tree mechanic. No. Based on what's happening in my life, that's, isn't that true? If, if I want investment advice, I go talk to somebody that's got wisdom and knowledge about investments. So when we take a, a measure of our life, we look at that, hey, all of a sudden, hey, it clarifies things. I know where I need to be aiming the fight. Are there any areas under Satan's dominion? If you're being oppressed in that area, that's not God. If you're oppressed in your mind, oppressed in your, your body, oppressed in a relationship or your finances, that's not God. And then thirdly, declare your freedom in Christ from Satan's dominion. You know, I mentioned this before, you know, years ago in the events preceding and leading up to what we call the Civil War in this nation, President Lincoln signed something called an Emancipation Declaration. When he signed that paper, legally, every slave was free. But in reality, most of them didn't even know it. When he signed it, until what? A battle was fought, and the news got out. Once the news got out, there was never going back. Couldn't go back anymore. Why? The authority has said, this is the new reality. The Bible says that we were all slaves to sin. 
I don't care what your color is, honey. <laughs> we were all slaves to sin, but now in Christ Jesus we've been set free. And you need to declare that. Declare it over your life. Declare it over your family. Declare it over your finances. Declare you've been set free. Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you today that in the real world, in that great cosmic conflict, our enemy, Satan, has been defeated once and for all. Lord, I declare over this people that belong to you that they are no longer slaves. They are emancipated by the blood of Jesus Christ. They are redeemed. They are forgiven. And they are in the dominion and the kingdom of the Son of your love. Satan, I declare in Jesus' name that you must take your hand off of their life, their family, their health, their finances, their children. In the name of Jesus, I declare that Jesus is Lord over their lives. Father, that they will arise and stand in that name and resist the enemy, and he must flee. Thank you, Father. If you keep your heads bowed just for a moment longer, if you're here today and you have not tasted of the freedom that comes by having Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you don't know that peace that passes all understanding in your mind. You're troubled. You feel oppressed. I've got good news for you. The Bible says, whoever will believe on and call on the name of the Lord Jesus will be delivered from all oppression. Be forgiven of all wrongs done. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, you say, but I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I just want to pray with you real quickly. If you just lift your hand and let me know. I'm going to look for any hand. I don't see one. I'm looking. Looking, looking, hallelujah. Well, amen. You can look up at me for a moment. Thank you so much. Pastor Walt's going to come uh, with some announcements and everything. We'll let you know about some things that are going on. God bless you. Listen, invite some people. We're going to continue to unpack uh, this great truth about this cosmic conflict in which you are the victor.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.